I want to take a brief look this morning at the book of Habakkuk. And uh, give you a, a, a summary idea. The writer is looking at the situation around him in regard to his own community and people. And he's going, there is a lot of wretched things going on, and how can good God allow evil to continue? It's the same question we ask ourselves whenever we see things that don't seem just or right or appropriate. And so he's asking the Lord, how, how can you put up with this? How can, how can you let this go? And so he's... He's uh, seeing the, the last days of Jerusalem and um, that region as it is, but he just he is asking, you know, how long? How long can I how long do I cry out for help? And, and from the last of this book, it appears that he's in a, a place of physical depravity and, and struggle as well. So he's in a, a situation of lack. He's looking at others around him that are living evilly and seemingly doing quite well. And, and so he's, he's going, you know, I, I'm crying out violence and nothing's happening. Why do you idly look at wrong? So why, you know, how, how can you just look at that and, and not do something or be affected? He says, are the people around me, he says, justice just doesn't go forth. The wicked surround righteousness. Justice gets perverted. And, uh, you know, there's a multitude of levels that, that this walks into our lives, right? I mean, we can look at other nations that are, are deeply mistreating their citizenry, and we go, how can that go on? We look at our own nation at times, and we're going, Boy, politics looks corrupt, and this happens, and this happens. Why? Oh, you know, bring it in a little bit, and, and you start looking at relationships, and you're going, why is this going on? And why, you know, and it, I mean, it can happen in marriage. It can happen with your kids. It can happen, you know, it's, you look, and you see things that don't seem right, and you're going, why? And so that's, that's what he's asking. And... Uh, God answers him. It's not the answer he wants initially, for sure. Because he, he just says, look on the nations and wonder and be astounded. I'm going to do a work in your days that you would not believe if I told you. And the natural response would be, I hope he's saying, he's going to overwhelm this place with his righteousness and people are just going to serve God and, and live justly. And that's not what he's declaring. In fact, he says, I'm going to raise up the Chaldeans, bitter and hasty nation, who march through the breadth of the earth to seize the dwellings not their own. They're dreaded and fearsome. And, and he goes on and he gives illustrations. He says their horses are like leopards, or they're, they're like wool, evening wolves, or they're like eagles snatching prey. He, he's just going, he, he's developing this picture of this brutal, brutal army that's going to come in and bring justice by taking over the people that have been living wickedly. And uh, he says they laugh you know, at, at anybody that tries to oppose them. He says, they're guilty men whose own might is their God. 
Eh? Guilty men whose own might is their God. So he says, that's, God's saying, that's who I'm going to send to take care of this situation. And Habakkuk, you know, you can just see him, I've got a problem with that. He, uh, he goes, now, <laughs> he addresses them, everlasting, O Lord my God, Holy One. You know, he's, he is saying the right things of what he believes of who God is. And he's, he's rehearsing it because this does not seem consistent with Holy One, right? You've ordained them as judgment. Uh, okay, you've established them as your proof. Um, but are, are you seeing this, he goes? He says, the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he. So he says, you're using someone worse to, to deal with this problem. Doesn't make sense to me. He gives an illustration and he says, you know, they're like fishermen. They take nations. They just grab the fish out of the net and use them for their own good. They, they, they wipe out other people groups and just accumulate for themselves. It's as if he keeps emptying his net, mercilessly killing nations. He says, is this going to go on forever? Then Habakkuk says, well, I'm going to stand at my watch post and see what happens. I'm, going to, I, I'm watching, I'm looking, trying to figure this thing out. The Lord answers him again. In the second chapter, he says, write the vision. It awaits its appointed time. It will not lie. It seems slow. Wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. And then he goes on to say, Behold, his soul is puffed up and is not upright within him. So he's speaking of, of uh, those who are going to come. But he says, the righteous shall live by his faith. And this is a, a crucial statement in this book. This is a statement that gets quoted in the New Testament. So the New Testament writers are looking on, oh, it was right there. It was there for us to see. Paul in Romans 1 he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For it is the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. He says, even when you stepped into salvation and you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, he says, that was a faith choice, right? You had to decide that even though I don't see Jesus in this moment, even though I wasn't in the setting when he died and rose again. I am told through Scripture that God was satisfied with that to pay for my sin. Well aware of my wickedness, but how am I going to do better? Am I going to live, you know, try to, to live everything appropriate so that God will treat me nice? Or am I going to say, the power of Jesus Christ to transform and change me and plant new in me is sufficient in God's eyes to take care of my salvation. And that's a faith step, right? It's that, okay, I believe this. And I'm going to embrace that. And that's how I'm going to live and base my life, or what I'm going to base my life upon. 
So Paul's looking at that, and he's looking at Habakkuk's uh, statement from God, and he says, the righteous will live by faith. They are going to embrace that their faith in God and their faith in what his provision of salvation is sufficient to carry them through. It goes on a little later in Galatians. Paul, again, is still chewing on this idea. And he says, in regard to the law, it's evident. So it's justified before God by the law. The righteous shall live by faith. So he's going, it's not just by your good behavior. It's not your, your works that's going to save you that way. It's not following the Old Testament rules that's going to provide your salvation. He says, the righteous will live by faith. And so what you have embraced in God is this recognition that my righteousness is based around how I believe in him and trust him. Am I going to rely on him? book of Hebrews, again, the writer in this particular case is looking at Christ's return and saying, it's not happening today. It's not happening right in this moment. But the righteous will live by faith. They will trust God that he will come at the appropriate time. And so again, our salvation is starting out is by faith. Our life of walk is continued by faith. And even our future hope is grounded in faith. So Habakkuk is, is hearing something very, very important. He says, the righteous will live by faith. That's the understanding that is brought into this picture. God goes on to say, woe to the Chaldeans who are going to be this people that come in and, and uh, reap such trouble. He, he, there are five woes that he gives. Um, if you go look at Bible Project in their video, they do it much better than I will. But, um, and they'll have pictures for you. But uh, it's a beautiful thing. But it, he, he basically says, woe to the person that accumulates things unjustly or in their greed... Um, cheats others, or steals from others. He says, woe to that kind of person. Woe to him who gets evil gain for his house. In other words, you know, conquering others or mistreating, he says, woe to that kind of person. Woe to him who builds his town with blood and founds the city on iniquity. So again, another thing, he says, these guys are conquering peoples, they're destroying lives, said, woe to the person that gains that way. Then in 15, he says, woe to him who makes his neighbors drink. And what's, what's noted in the commentaries is that these people were known, the Chaldeans were known for their drunkenness. They were known for their wild parties. Remember Belshazzar? How he's, he's having a, a drunken party and God holds him account with Daniel. Same people group. You know, they, they reveled in their partying. And, and just living wild. And so God's saying, woe to that kind of lifestyle. Woe to that person. And then finally he says, woe to him who says to wooden things awake. In other words, they're idolatry. So he, 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 had, he takes on these five different things and says, you know, all of these are condemning of this people. And he says, he will not keep silent in regard to such a thing. 
Well, Habakkuk responds to the prayer in chapter 3. He says, I have heard your report of your work, O Lord, I fear. In the midst of years, revive it, and in the midst of years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. So he says, okay, I believe that you are going to express your wrath on the earth, and I believe you are going to deal with people for their evil. But he says, please remember to be merciful. Now, it's interesting to me that Habakkuk realizes that he's a part of a people group, and even though he doesn't associate with their deeds, he recognizes that the, the sorrow that's coming is going to affect his life as well. And, and he's looking at it and saying, oh, please <laughs> show mercy as well. And, and then he gives a picture of God's judgment and, and coming in great power but he, he comes in the 12th and 13th verses, he says, You marched through the earth in fury, you threshed the nations in anger, you went out for the salvation of your people, for the salvation of your anointed. So he says, I see ahead, I see that that's coming. And he goes on, and he says, I hear and my body trembles, my lips quiver at the sound of rottenness enters in my bones, my lips tremble beneath me, yet I will wait quietly for the day of trouble to come upon the people who invade us. So he says, my own life right now seems to be falling apart. You know, physically, he's going, it's not good. But he says, I'm going to wait, I'm going to see this thing. And he says, though the fig tree should not blossom or the fruit tree on the, or the fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olives fail, the fields yield no fruit, the flock will be cut off from the fold, and there will be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. So he says, whatever we've relied on for produce and food, it's just, it's getting wiped out. And yet he says, I'm going to trust God in this situation. More than that, I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will take joy in the God of my salvation. And he says, the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on the high places. I've always wondered, what about, I think what that means is, like a deer can walk in really difficult spaces and spots, he says, God's going to help me walk through difficult times. So I was, I was going back to this, and I'm going, okay, what, it, what does it look like to rejoice when everything else seems to be falling apart? And how would, how would our lives look with that? And I, I just, I want to walk you through just a, a thing this morning. Okay, all of us see things of evil that they, they twist us the wrong way, right? We just, why is that going on? And yet, we have this faith opportunity to say, I will trust you. And really, the, the fullness of that steps into even a rejoicing and joy because if God has spoken it, it's a done deal, whether it's in this moment or not. 
So there can be a confidence that rides with us even through these times. So if that's the case, you know, how do we express joy? Well, it, you know, regularly when somebody does something well, we clap, right? That's one of them, right? And if, if you're at a game and there's victory, you're going, yeah. Stand with me, will you? You got your thing in mind? You know? Yeah. You know? It's one of those times where in some ways a declaration. Now, is this just to work up emotion? No. No. This is saying I have confidence in God's goodness even in the midst of evil. I have confidence in the goodness of God that I can rejoice continually knowing that it's done in Him. And that's, that's why we do things like giving thanks. That's why we continue on. And in, when, when Habakkuk's saying, I will rejoice in God my Savior. I will take joy even though my body's health isn't what, it, what I would wish. Even though... He says, my surroundings are such that I don't even know where the next meal's coming from. Even though I look at the people around me and there's wickedness in everything they do. And even though I see a nation that potentially is going to wipe us out, that's worse yet. He's making this declaration. I will rejoice in the Lord. And I encourage you. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. <laughs> Many years ago, a pastor friend of mine, a, a mentor, um, said that he was part of the optimist group in town. And I go, what a joke in myself. What, who would do something like that? And then I got to realizing later, well, we of all people should have an optimism to life and uh, maybe his choice wasn't such a bad thing <laughs> I don't want to trivialize what any of you would be walking through but I would say there's a stronger source than the situation you're in and so if, if you need prayer we, we want to do that with you but uh, let's, let's walk in the confidence of faith that says God will take care of all situations Pray for God's blessing on you. Remind you there's a meal downstairs. May your blessing rest on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they discover with joy what it is to walk with you each day and see your provision and care. I ask as each one goes into the community that you'll give them words of life to speak over others. I ask that you'll enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. Gift them with the supernatural. Be lifted up and exalted, our Lord, we pray. We love you this day. Amen. Amen. God bless you.